who owns everything. Shake hands with a poor boy who owns everything. Who owns everything. I relate to that. I like it. That's how I feel. I'm a poor boy and own everything. God's good to us. Thank you, fellas. You stirred my heart. That was good. I like that first song from the first hallelujah to the last amen. And I like it when folks don't just sing it. They actually say amen in church after they sing it. I like that as well. And uh, good singing tonight. I've enjoyed it. I'll enjoy that song again this week. I'll enjoy listening to that again. I like it because I can watch it online. Ephesians chapter 6 again, if you will. I want you to notice. I want to call your attention to two words. And those are the words that stand and withstand. And uh, tonight, if I could, uh, sit down with each one of you individually and just say, uh, let's talk together about overcoming uh, spiritual warfare and talk about the subject when it's time to withstand. When it's time to withstand, the Bible says in verse number 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. That phrase, withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God and I pray that tonight as we look at this outline and we look at this truth that you would help us to learn from it. Uh, Lord, not just to learn but to obey. And I pray for those that would uh, recognize it tonight that we are as a nation, uh, we are as individuals in spiritual warfare. And Lord, there is the power and ability to be victors. Lord, you said in Romans 8 that we are more than conquerors. So help us not to live a defeated life, but help us to live a life of victory by following the instruction that we'll hear in the message tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We have the word stand and we have the words withstand. The word stand means to take a position. Uh, the word withstand means to protect or guard a position. Now there's a difference in that. You take a position, that's one thing, but then something or someone attacks that position and you go from not only holding that position to defending that position. The stand is a decision the withstand is a defense. And there is a difference. And I want you to understand the difference in the two. There are three parts to the instruction here on withstanding. First of all, we have the Christian's armor uh, where he says in verse number 11, uh, put on the whole armor of God. And then we have not only the Christian's armor, we have the Christian's ability. He says that you may be able to stand. You don't have to lose in spiritual warfare. You can have victory this week. You can have victory this week. You can. Uh, we don't just have the armor. We have the ability. And then I want you to notice the phrase, having done all to stand, 
there must be the right attitude. The right attitude. If you think this week you're going to be defeated in spiritual warfare, you probably will be. But if you believe uh, because of the armor of God and because of the power of the Holy Spirit that you can come out victorious, uh, that is uh, the winner's attitude and we can have victory in spiritual warfare. Without a doubt tonight, you and I deal with three enemies. First of all, we deal with the deceitfulness of our flesh. You understand our flesh is fallen. It has a sinful nature. I'm thankful for the regeneration that I have in Christ, and I have a new spirit. I am a new creature in Christ, but I have to work to crucify, as Paul said, uh, this flesh of mine. So I fight the deceitfulness of the flesh. Second of all, I fight the wickedness of the world. It's never been like it is today. Not only are they moving forward in their wickedness, they're attacking those to the place. They're causing preachers to be afraid or ashamed to speak the truth. Uh, Last week, they were working to pass a bill that failed. They were working to pass a bill that they could not have drag shows in public and show sexually explicit behavior to children. Now that measure passed because we don't have enough. You can call them conservatives if you want to call them conservatives, but we don't have enough conservatives uh, in Frankfurt for that bill to pass. And so today, this is, uh, this is promoted by the Herald Leader this afternoon at 5 o'clock. This is promoted. This is what the Herald Leader promoted. They promoted for the love of drag celebration at all-age drag show in Lexington. They're promoting this. The Herald Leader is promoting this. This was sponsored by the Ahava Center for Spiritual Living. I don't like to talk about this. This bothers me, but I I just want to tell you something. Bullets are flying. You better pay attention. Uh, bombs are bursting in air. We're being attacked. We better pay attention. We better pay attention for the sake of our children and our teenagers and our own lives. So the uh, Ahava Center for Spiritual Living in Lexington hosted a drag show called For the Love of Drag. It was a celebration after a legislative session people uh, uh, at this drag show said attacked their drag and LGBTQ community Senate Bill 115 would have banned drag shows on publicly owned property and anywhere minors are present. Supporters of the bill say its intent is to restrict sexually explicit behavior in in front of minors. Now they celebrated today that they failed. You know why? Because they want our children to be perverted. Now, folks, it's not natural, it's not sensible, it's not right, it's wicked behavior for this to go on, uh, for say, saying that a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man, and for a woman to dress like a man, and for a man to dress like a woman. Uh, that, that, that's, that's behavior against the Word of God. Now, we are in a battle tonight, and we have not only the wickedness of the world, we have the attacks of Satan. While we do not see the enemy, he is all around us and desires to bring destruction to our very lives. 
it concerns me that we oftentimes, we have no sobriety as far as spiritual warfare. We have no concern about spiritual warfare. We have no fear for ourselves. We act as though we are safe and we are protected when the truth is the devil fights nonstop to destroy our relationship and our service for Christ. I read this week this story. The year was 1665. Did you hear what year I said? Did you understand that? 1665, long time ago, uh, nearly 400 years ago. It was in the city of London, England. Population of London, England, 1665 was almost 500,000 people. And they experienced what they called, and what they call in history, the Great Plague. People were dying by the hundreds and even the thousands. In fact, they were dying faster than the bodies could be buried. Corpses were stacked like cordwood outside houses and they were carted away to quickly dug pits outside uh, 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 in the outskirts of the city. All business came to a halt. Uh, courts were disbanded. Uh, people began to leave and flee London. Now understand there's no, there's no cars, there's no planes, nothing. This is 1665. Almost 100,000 of the 500,000 people died in London, England, and no one knew the cause of the plague. Now we're looking back at those days of 1665. The most common notion of what caused the plague was that the air was polluted and was poisoning and killing the people. So they began to seal up their homes to keep the contamination outside their house. They burned in their fireplaces any material they could thinking that they would burn or drive out the deadly air. They would get flowers and they would bury or carry uh, like a handkerchief of flour uh, on the, in their nose. They would hold it there trying to breathe uh, uh, and get a good fragrance uh, to breathe. Out of ignorance, they disregarded the most basic rules that we know today of sanitation and hygiene. They say in those days, open sewers ran beside the streets it was, it was common to see rats and wild animals and they multiplied and it was not only those animals but their fleas that was, split, uh, that was spreading the plague. People were unable to link between the unsanitary conditions and the spread of the plague. Now that was the year 1665. Had someone in 1665 stood up and said, folks, this is being caused by bacteria, the people would not have listened. They didn't know what that was. They didn't understand it. The microscope and all of that was since that time. They would not believe that there could be germs so small that could not be seen. Are you with me tonight? They, they, they wouldn't believe that these germs that, that were killing people uh, could not be seen with the naked eye. Uh, they could not understand that millions of germs could be found in a drop of ditch water. 
People knew nothing of germs and viruses, and they may have laughed at anyone who tried to explain the real source of their troubles. Since germs could not be seen, they could not be smelled, they could not be touched, they could not be heard, they could not be tasted, no one suspected that they could have caused the plague. And that is exactly what we face tonight spiritually in the work of an evil spirit in our culture today. And sadly, we are being, even as Christians, so caught up in entertainment that we're not going to take the time to watch the boring conversation of legislators that have been affected and infected by immorality and wickedness to the place. Friend, I, would, I am ashamed to even repeat what they said on the House floor and what they said on the Senate floor and more than one representative said, I have pictures on my desk right now that is curriculum in our schools. If I showed them on camera, they would be a violation of the FCC. They would be a violation of child pornography. That's going on in our world today. And yet so often Christians go on with the internet and the television and the cell phone in this world and they don't understand why they're losing in spiritual warfare. I want to preach tonight and give you tonight how we can win, how we can be victors in this wicked world. Now, we have solved many problems when it comes to this matter of, of disease or this matter of germs. It's amazing what we've accomplished. It's amazing how we've learned to kill germs and deal with bacteria and we have uh, septic systems and we have uh, water purification systems. All oh, to God tonight, we desired to be that clean spiritually. We could see revival. If the church would hunger to be clean tonight, I'm talking about clean in mind and heart and soul and spirit. Be clean. We could see a revival in our country. Our lights would shine brighter. Our salt would be more savory. And oh, how we need that in our nation tonight. Now, how do we withstand in the evil day? How do we withstand in the evil day? I must move quickly, but let me give you these beginning. Number one, our stand begins with the truth. Our stand begins with the truth. Verse number 14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with the truth. We cannot begin to withstand until we begin to stand in the truth. I'll say it again. We cannot begin to withstand the attacks of Satan until we begin with a stand in the truth. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. I refuse to let Fox News have more time of my mind than this book this week. I refuse to let uh, the media have more time of my mind than this book. I refuse to let the entertainment of the world uh, have place and time in my mind tonight. If I'm going to withstand in the evil day, that withstanding begins by taking a stand on the truth of the Word of God. I'm not talking about a proclamation. I'm not talking about just standing on the Bible and saying stand on the Bible. I'm talking about being in the Bible and the Bible being in us and that we understand the Word of God in our life. The Roman soldier's belt or girdle held in place the armor that protected the lower parts of the body the vital organs of the lower parts, the bowels and the midsection. 
We need truth's protection at the source of spiritual... Uh, at the, uh, we need truth's protection at the place where we can keep the devil from attacking and destroying our lives. And that truth is the Word of God. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 16 that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. We need to understand the truths of the Word of God. I challenge you this week, if you've been saved 40 years, that you read the Word of God. We cannot withstand in the evil day unless we're willing to take a stand in truth. The devil's out to destroy your life. He wants to bring every temptation. He wants to bring every attack. Temptations that are new of today. Temptations that go back in our lives. He wants to constantly bring those. And we'll never succeed in withstanding until we stand in the truth of the Word of God. Psalm 119, the Bible tells us in verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 5 and 6 that the Word of God is pure. It's purified. It's what we need in our mind and heart. I'm not going to win in spiritual warfare and in withstanding unless I stand in the truth. Second of all, withstanding continues with a protection of righteousness. Chapter 6, verse number 14, the second part of that verse says, The breastplate of righteousness. The soldier's breastplate protected his upper vital organs, the lungs and the heart. The Bible says in Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence. Do you hear that? Keep thy heart with all diligence. Last week's victory don't count for today. Last month's victory doesn't count for tomorrow. Have to put on the armor of God tomorrow. You know what the devil's waiting for? He's waiting for us to go into a day without the armor. In the very day we don't go without the armor, that's when he's going to attack, to uh, uh, destroy and ruin our lives. Keep the heart with all diligence. Matthew chapter 15, the Bible says, those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness and blasphemies. This whole, uh, this whole uh, flesh of ours is wicked and we must keep our heart, we must keep our heart with that breastplate of righteousness. Satan tries to corrupt the heart of the believers so that we engage in ungodly passions instead of engaging in the righteousness of, of the new, of the new uh, man and the new creature that is within us. The word righteousness is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 14. It is found 92 times in the New Testament, 30 times in the book of Romans. Paul first used, uh, for Paul's first use of the word in Romans uh, is very instructive and very helpful in Romans chapter 1. He said that he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. I wish I had time to give you a Bible study. Let me just give you the statements and I pray that you'll get and understand what Paul is talking about, the righteousness of God. Paul spoke of righteousness revealed in Romans 1.17. He spoke of righteousness required in Romans 1.18. He spoke of righteousness received in Romans chapter 4 and verse number 5. 
He talked of righteousness reproduced in our lives, yielding ourselves as instruments uh, into the hand of righteousness. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 and number 13. If you want to win this week, if you want to be a victor in spiritual warfare, we must put on the breastplate of righteousness. First of all, I want us to understand that is the righteousness of Christ. I don't stand before God righteous because of me or anything I've done before salvation or after. I stand in the righteousness of Christ and His righteousness alone. And it's not what I can do for God. It's not being righteous for God. It's let His righteousness flow and live through me. If I'm going to win, if I'm going to withstand, if I'm going to keep the devil who is out to destroy our minds, our hearts, and our lives, I must protect myself with uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Number three, withstanding continues with where and how we go. Notice he said in verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let me give you this thought. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let me give you this illustration. Whatever you're planning to do on a particular day, you put on shoes to match that activity. Right? So if we're going to work tomorrow, maybe if you're going to work outside, ladies would be different, uh, but if men were going to work outside tomorrow, you probably have a pair of work boots that you wear. If you're tomorrow going to play basketball or play tennis or play something outside, you're going to have on some kind of a tennis shoe because the shoes that you wear typically indicate what you're doing that day. If you're going to church, you put on your dress shoes. Are you with me tonight? And some of you ask the question, which shoe should I wear? And uh, sometimes a lady will say, should I wear this one or that one? And I would say, well, they don't even match. I'm not asking you if they match. I ask, should I wear this one or should I wear that one? I pick that one, she wears that one. But anyway, you know the drill. You wear shoes based on what you're doing. Are you with me? So before you go out into the world in the morning... Put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Put on your gospel shoes. You know what that means? That means wherever I go, I'm taking the gospel. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Do you see the illustration? No matter what I'm doing, I should let my light shine for the gospel of Jesus Christ. No matter where I go, no matter what activity I have. Now, I want to win this week in spiritual warfare. I don't want to be a loser. I want to win in this battle that Satan has against me, against our families, against our church, against our nation. I want to win. So I must put on not only the breastplate of righteousness, I've got to put on my gospel preaching shoes taking the gospel wherever I go. Number four, withstanding continues with the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Let's go ahead and believe tonight we can win. We can have victory. Are you with me tonight? We can have victory. We're going to enjoy We We, we may get a black eye. We may get a, a, a bloody nose. We may get dirty, but we're going to win this week.
We're going to come back next Sunday and we're going to praise God that we had victory this week. Now Paul, when he's talking about the shield of faith, no doubt Paul is referring to the armor of the Roman soldier. Imagine, if you will, and there were several types of shields that they would use, but the shield was always big enough for the soldier to hide behind. I may not be able to get back up. I may have to finish down here. But he would take that shield and he would put that in front of him. He believed that that shield could quench the fiery arrows of the enemy. Sometimes those were wooden shields and they were covered with leather. That leather then was soaked in water. So if a fiery dart or arrow came at them and it hit that, it would quench that fiery dart. There were some groups of Roman soldiers that actually had an iron uh, shield. And they could, when they went into battle, they could get beside each other. And they could lock those shields together to form a wall of protection. Let you and I put our shields together this week. Let's all have faith in God. Husband and wife, put your shields together. You need one another. Families, lock your shields together and protect your home from the fiery darts of the devil. Husband and wife, when you pray together, you're locking together the shield of faith that will quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Do you see the picture tonight? If we're going to win, and all the church, you know, you know what the church does when it, when it becomes worldly? The church is saying the Bible won't work, so maybe a little bit of worldliness will work. That's not faith. That's doubt. That's giving in. Have faith in Christ. Have faith in God. Have faith in His Word. Have faith in what God has said. Have faith in your faith in Christ, believing that you can overcome. And when He fires those that darts at you of the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, and when He comes at you one after another after another, holding the shield of faith, letting those fiery darts be quenched by that shield of faith, I say to you tonight, child of God, have an attitude of a victor tonight. We are victors in Christ. Withstanding continues with the shield of faith. Withstanding then continues with a helmet to guard the head, the helmet of salvation. Soldiers wore helmets because a blow to the head could be fatal. The head is the site of the person's intellectual powers, the faculty that sets him apart and above other creatures such as animal, lower animal life. God gives us a helmet to protect our thoughts from satanic influence and interference. Satan usually begins his attacks in the mind. There are folks here tonight, they're dressed for church. Their attitude and behavior is for church. But there's a battle raging in the mind. And that's where Satan attacks. He attacks our thinking. 
so many ways, and I'll not go into the depths of that, but so many ways, Satan goes after our minds. I'm glad, first of all, that I have Christ in me because the Bible tells me that the things of God are spiritually discerned. And I can't understand even the truths of the Word of God. That's why they're foolishness to the world, because they're spiritually discerned. I'm thankful for salvation that helps me to understand the truths in the Word of God. Apart from salvation, man cannot, man cannot reach a correct conclusion about psychological, social, uh, philosophical or spiritual behavior. It will discourage you. It will downright depress you to watch open debate. And it goes on every year. To watch open debate in the House of Representatives. I've been attacked this week and last week so many times and they've said, why don't you get out of politics? I'm not talking about politics tonight. I'm talking about righteousness. Why don't you politicians get out of God's business and quit telling folks that abomination is right and quit telling people that unrighteousness is right and quit telling little boys that they're girls and quit telling little girls that they're boys. Why don't you quit acting like a pervert tonight? Why don't you quit acting like you're a, a, a perverted in your mind and quit attacking the one that wants to give the truth of the Word of God? Now I want to say tonight, every preacher in this state and every patriot in this state and every Christian in this state, you ought to decide when the sessions begin next year. I promise you, if you watch the last three days of sessions, you will say, I cannot believe what I am listening to. You see, apart from the helmet of salvation, we cannot have a correct conclusion about psychological, social, philosophical, or spiritual behavior. Man might, orbit, uh, might, might uh, orbit spacecraft and journey to the moon. He may split an atom and tinker with the genetic code, but sin impairs his thinking about his behavior, and he tries to justify wickedness in the only way he can know right and to do right is with the helmet of salvation give you number six to withstand continues with the sword of the spirit verse number 17 the sword of the spirit which is the word of God so far every piece of armor that the Holy Spirit is named is for defense not offense but now he names the sword that enables us to attack the enemy Napoleon once said the best form of defense is to attack you see principalities and powers Rulers of the world's darkness and spiritual uh, are wicked spirits that are in high places and Satan himself, they, 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 uh, they cannot withstand uh, the attack and the use of the Word of God. God's Word is like a sword, a two-edged sword. It's quick and powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. By the way, I must say, if you do take the time and you can find it on KET, 
if you do take the time to go back, you will see a few men standing and pleading with the general assembly to think, to use their mind, to listen to what they're hearing. You will hear them plead with the body, please protect our children. It is sad that we're having to protect our children from some who are in the teaching system. It's sad. One of our little girls uh, here in our church uh, was in a restroom and uh, a 16-year-old trans boy. Now, there's no such thing. But he went to the restroom where she was. Now, they passed a bill to protect. Do you understand that boys and girls going on a sports trip in Kentucky, if a boy identified as a girl, he could stay in the sleeping quarters and the parents were not told about what the boys or what the girls did. In Kentucky, I'm not talking about a third world country, though it sounds like it. We raise chickens better than this. We raise cattle better than this. And they're allowed, they were allowed. And they finally passed the bill to keep people going to the right restroom. They saw Governor Bashir at the Sweet 16 ball game. And she said, I ask you not to veto this bill. I want you to look at me. And I want you to protect me from boys coming in the girls' bathroom. Now, friend, I want to talk, I, I, I'm talking about spiritual warfare at the highest level. That's what our children... I'm thankful for Christian education. I'm thankful for homeschool Christian education, but not everybody has that opportunity, and it's sad. You know what they said? By the way, my brother helped to pass a religious liberty bill based on the ruling of the Supreme Court that ruled for the football coach out west that said you can't limit his ability to pray. If he wants to pray, he can pray. You can't make a law prohibiting that. And my brother helped pass a religious liberty bill that would allow them to pray wherever, they, wherever you want to pray. But they had to pass a law. And the fellow didn't pray out loud. He just bowed his head and prayed. And yet the herald leader promoted the Ahava Center for Spiritual Living to host a drag show for the love of drag for people of all ages. You think we're not in spiritual warfare? We are. Here's the thing that bothers me. Too many Christians think we can't win. We are victors in Christ. We're more than conquerors through Christ, which saved us. We're more than conquerors. Let your light shine. Be savory salt. Spend time with God in prayer. Walk with God. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, I pray that tonight you would help us to see that you've given us a plan. You've given us an armor. You've given us the ability. Now help us to have the attitude that says, though it will be a fight, we can have victory. We will fight for our children. We will fight for our own minds. We will. God, help us to live victorious.
Pray, Lord, that folks who are battling spiritual warfare right now, they would find a place at this altar and they would say, Oh, God, help me to follow every step of instruction and help me to get out of the valley of defeat and back on the mountaintop of victory tonight. Bless our invitation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As he sings the invitation song, we can't have victory. Let, let, let's sign up again and say, I am. I will. I will fight to have victory in my Christian life. I will. you can he's given us the armor he's given us the ability now let's put the attitude with it and say I will have victory in my Christian life I will get up in the morning and I will put on the whole armor of God I will when I put my shoes on in the morning I'll make sure I put on the shoes for the preparation of the gospel of peace that I will take the salt in life wherever I go no matter what I do, if I'm wearing boots, I'll put on my salvation boots. If I'm wearing tennis shoes or dress shoes or work shoes or play shoes, I'll put on my salvation spreading shoes. I will read the Word of God. I will spend time in prayer. I will put on the breastplate of righteousness. I will have my loins girt about with a girdle of truth. I watch through the week sometimes on an airplane as I spent a lot of time traveling and I watched a lot of the discussion on the house floor I'd text many of the representatives and senators and I would say stand strong stand bold stand in faith I do not know how many I heard from through the evening and even in the night that said preacher thank you for praying for us that's a tough battle to stand on a school board position. That's a tough battle, but we need folks that'll stand in a school board and a city council. And we need folks that'll stand in the representatives in the Senate. We need folks that'll stand. We need Christians that'll stand on the ball team and Christians that'll stand in the Christian school and Christians that will stand wherever they go. Thank you for listening tonight, and I appreciate those that are watching by way of television and I, uh, or by Facebook, I should say. And uh, I, I trust that the message tonight was a help to you. I, I, I would like to just go into a, a protected area where there are no battles, but that's not why God saved me and left me here. He didn't leave me here to become a recluse. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's my job. I don't go into the world for the world to entertain me. I go into the world like a doctor goes into the hospital, working to get its patients out and well. 
And may we tonight, may we decide, I can win. Sometimes we think, well, we're just going to lose. We say, no, we're, we're victors. I read the last book and I read the last chapter. We win. One day he's going to come and he's going to rule and reign in righteousness. We're on the winning side. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Heavenly Father, thank you for church today. Thank you for the good specials. I enjoyed the choir singing. I enjoyed the fellowship of your people. I enjoyed this precious and wonderful book. And I pray that you would help us as we've been equipped now to go into spiritual warfare that we can win. Sometimes we have to have tough conversations. Sometimes we have to look at things that we would rather ignore. But I pray that you'd help us to look at them through the eyes of a victor and have faith in you. Give us safety as we travel home, I do pray. I pray for the many who are ill, not able to be with us in church. Help them, touch them, heal them. Help those that are going into surgeries this week. Help those that are recovering from surgery. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.